Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to Expedition Cartoon, where my brother and I explore the vast and beautiful worlds of animation for the perfect place to call home. We are your captains, Alec and Lou, and today we are visiting the world of DuckTales. Woo! Every day they're out there making DuckTales. Woo! Man, I was my Daring brother was a lot. something bad. I don't remember the lyrics. It gets random from there as far as I'm concerned. Well, there is one important lyric, Lou, and that is, life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg, which is, of course, what we are going to be talking about. So is it worth living in a place where life is a hurricane? Uh, I guess we'll find out. I think that depends on how literally we're making that analogy. <laughs> yeah, probably not super literally. So let me just say out of the gate, everybody. If you don't like hearing Lou rant about capitalism, I suspect that this is not the episode for you. Just uh, uh, wild guess. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to come up a lot here. I mean, um, honestly, it doesn't. It's not as much of a part of. Well, I guess it kind of is. So they definitely do a good job at not making you think about it throughout the series. That's for sure. We're also talking about the 2017 Ducktales. Did you say that already? So I, I didn't, um, and I think that that's an important distinction because I kind of want to talk about both, but I think the only one that's going to be up for serious consideration is the 2017 version, um, and there's reasons for that that we'll talk about. Because uh, actually, in preparation for this, you know, you've been watching a bunch of DuckTales 2017. Yes. Um, I actually watched some of the DuckTales 80s version intentionally to prepare for this, knowing that we were talking about the modern adaption. I wanted to get some historical context that I'm glad that I dived into. My God, we uh, should have watched Darkwing Duck too. I didn't think about it. Well, I mean, it is canon, uh, but whether that's canon in the original version, I think is a little bit more up for debate. Uh, so we're circling around something here right now, which is that... Duckburg is what everybody knows as being the home central location of the show DuckTales from both the 80s and the newer version. Uh, and I don't know, maybe there's some people who didn't even realize there were two versions. Well, there was, so we'll start off there. Um, Duckburg actually exists within a place, a world that is actually called Calisota. Uh, so oh. some people may not know that the entire world of DuckTales goes beyond Duckburg itself, which is just a city, and everything beyond it is part of Calisota. Uh, arguably, that. arguably, that has been the case from the very early Carl's Bar Carl Barks comics that spurred the original DuckTales animated series and everything that came after it. Um, and it does include places uh, where Mickey and friends live, and uh, it, it actually can get pretty vast. So we really are just going to be talking about whatever really pertains to the newer version of DuckTales, or at least that's what we're going to be considering. And that is Duckburg, but it is also many of the places around Duckburg that the adventures take place in. Uh, all right. I think that that's a good way to set the table. Do you have anything else to say? Just, I guess, clarifying exactly what we're going to be getting into today. Um, I wasn't, but I just pulled up a thing about Duckburg and apparently uh, this Calisota, actually, uh, the map very, very closely resembles Northern California, and it looks like it would take place in Humboldt County. Okay, fair enough. Well, what's interesting, Calisota is a hybrid name of California and Minnesota put together, just meant to be some ambiguous state. Um, I It wasn't that subtle. Like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of talking about today, you know, I, I talked about capitalism being a theme, and I think your point of it being much less important in the 2017 version is very true because well, I say they make you feel like it's not important. Sure. Careful there. <laughs> and in a way, I almost feel like we can get out in front of that pretty right away and then don't necessarily have to spend the rest of the time talking about it. So let's go ahead and sail off to Duckburg. You do your little sound effect and then we can uh, get into this. Quack, 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 quackity quack. <laughs> Thanks. I'll, I'll give everybody a Donald Duck. Oh my How's gosh. That? that that sounds, I hope that sounds like it did for me on the final. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, all right. Well, 
here we are in Duckburg, and I see two stories. I see an old Duckburg, one that is very much pulled right out of the early Disney comics. And then I see a new Duckburg, one with life and vitality and storylines above all else. Character development. A lot more complexity. Character development. Uh, flesh, if it actually fleshed out world too. I mean, I, I don't remember the original DuckTales very clearly, but I feel like a lot of it was pretty normal Earth with like a much slighter hint of mystery, you know? Yeah, so I You think don't have like the... Greek gods showing up in the original, as far as I remember. True. I think that the capabilities of mystery and adventure amplified in the newer reboot. And this is a good time to say that Lou and I both feel that this is about as strong as a reboot as we've ever seen in animation. Um, Yeah, which is not saying that it's necessarily like one of the greatest shows of all time or anything. It's just that most reboots tend to not be very good. And this one is pretty good. And I think a big part of the reason uh, that I attribute it to is that the original DuckTales was actually never that good in the first place. And yeah. I, I hope people don't come for me with that. But I think even those of you who grew up nostalgically, you might go back and be a little bit bored with that one. Um, I had a point where I actually started watching all of the Disney afternoon classics at the same time. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of compare. So I was watching DuckTales, Gargoyles, Chippendale Rescue Ranger, uh, Tailspin, and Darkwing Duck a little bit. Um, and I found that DuckTales felt, in a way, the least interesting. It never felt like it went anywhere. And honestly, I just feel like rooting for eccentric billionaires is a lot less fun in 2023. Yeah, I I feel like it's just a lot less fun as an adult. (laughs) Yeah, and you also look back, you see Huey, Dewey, and Louie as having no distinct characteristics about them whatsoever. Definitely Um, true. It is probably, you know... (sighs) The, they're all formulaic. Gargoyles, not so much, but the rest of them are very formulaic. Oh, gargoyles um, was good. Yeah, but DuckTales was like aggressively formulaic, and it, you really left every episode feeling like these characters didn't learn anything. And that was a lot more stark for a character like Scrooge McDuck, who just comes across in the early series as so incredibly unlikable all the time. He uh, he does. He quite does. At least, at least we justify his gross mistreatment and hoarding of wealth with the fact that he's a family duck. Right. And so in a way, they do, like, make him a very good guy in a way. I Do you think that's safe to say? They still show him as a flawed character, but he's very redeemed in the new series. And I actually think that's a good thing because you want to really antagonists, kind of. Uh, there's, I think narratively it's a good thing. I think socially it's not. Okay, well, I think that that's a very fair point uh, and maybe what we'll talk about. But just for example, you know, the episode that I watched in from the 80s uh, to kind of prepare for this was one where basically Scrooge loses all his wealth through a weird contract loophole and him and his nephews become poor. And at the end of the episode, he sort of learns classic Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, honestly, which sometimes we forget this character is based off of. Uh, oh my god, that I totally reminds me, I'm sorry to side tangent, but it reminds okay. me of the episode, because I didn't talk to you about it, um, it reminds me of the episode, the Christmas episode of the new one. Oh, um, right, which is awesome. Because they kind of, they say that he's not the Scrooge they were looking for, and all the ghosts just party with him on Christmas, and I think that was so funny. Yeah, I love it, that twist. <laughs> And he is not the same Scrooge, but he is inspired. And again, in this early series, we see him, I guess, sort of realize, oh, at the end, I do need to give my money to poor people. But that's most episodes where he's learning like a very flimsy moral lesson. I think that's why the show, the reboot being so much better, you get to see a proper growth that feels like it pays off uh, more so. And uh, I guess the reason that I'm bringing this up into the discussion about the world itself is because in that early series, the theme of wealth inequality is actually really prevalent. You see that everything is through the money. You see that Scrooge is not the kindest with his money, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, some of the poor people around him. And it's not every episode, uh, but it's a very common theme. And I don't really think that that is as much the truth in the reboot. And as a result, I find it more of a satisfying watch. I feel like um, they bring the world to life a lot more in the reboot. 
Uh, and it's not just seen as, oh, this is really just a vessel for all of the money that we're spending. You know, you see it as a true Indiana yeah. Jones style adventure in kind of the truest way that you've maybe seen in a cartoon. You know, I, I it's not that I disagree with that, but I actually think it's much stronger as being like a story about family dynamics. Um, okay. Because that's usually like fam, and it sounds silly to be like family and friendship, but like that is what Disney's really good at, and that is what not that they don't have really awesome fantasy stuff too, but the reason that I like the story is because I'm interested in how like oh shoot, are we doing spoilers for this? There are spoilers should, for the show. Yeah, that's a good point. We should be a little bit careful because I bet that some a lot of people know what Duckburg is, but they haven't necessarily seen the DuckTales reboot, and we're going to strongly recommend it here. So I think that we might want to be relatively spoiler-free if possible. All right, well, then I'll just say most of my... Two of my favorite plots are with characters that sort of are learning to become part of the family, if you catch my drift. Yeah, that, I think that that's a good way of stating it. And you're right, the character dynamics... They they spice up the show in a way that feels very human in a way, despite the fact that they're ducks. Um, <laughs> and in a way, I can see myself living in a world more as a result of seeing those authentic human connections. And yeah. it makes me want to kind of interact with the people there. Like, I feel like I could relate to them. And yeah. for me, that's a big deal because any of these worlds that I decide to move to, I don't want to feel fully like a fish out of water. And this is somewhere where I genuinely feel like I could go and connect with people. I feel like I could relate to the young characters, maybe even Donald a little bit, to be completely honest. Um, but there, there is one thing that I'll say is like, you. I remember when I was early in watching it, I asked you like, do they like kind of try to write Donald out of the story most of the time because they don't want his voice in there because they think people like if, if that voice has too many lines it will annoy the audience. That is definitely true. I feel like they wrote him out of almost an entire season of the show. Well, is he actually? I didn't realize this till I revisited, but the original Ducktales barely has Donald in it. Less less than that the new one. Sense. That makes sense. But he's actually a pretty. Uh, I mean, he's a pretty relevant character in the new one. He is. They managed to keep him relevant without overexposing him, I guess, in terms of content. Yeah. Uh, so far and, where I'm at, they even fully replace his his voice. They do it in a comedic way where it makes sense, but they fully replace his voice with like a way handsomer voice. And it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a good opportunity to bring him in for a lot of plot that one episode. Yeah. Sorry if I get us off tangent a little bit during this episode, everybody, but I've been watching this show a lot and I haven't had that much time to talk to Alec about it. So I'm going to keep jumping in with, by the way, this thing happened also. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I want to uh, sort of contextualize Duckburg now that we've established this, just in terms of the world itself, uh, what the society looks like, just to kind of frame it for the audience a little bit. Sure. So we have, a, and actually, Lou, you might be able to do a better job of this than me because you have been actively watching the series for a few weeks. Yeah. So I'm going to actually pass it off to you. I'll start with, we have Scrooge McDuck's mansion, where I would say it's the central home of the show. Yeah. Uh, our entire set of characters that uh, show up every episode for the most part, uh, they all live there or frequent there in some capacity. And it's very reminiscent of the original series. Um, Scrooge has a money pit where there's just like, he, yes. he can dive into his wealth of coins, which is interesting. But he commentary. actually knows exactly how many are in there to the nickel, which I think is egregious and pretty funny too. Definitely. Uh, so I, I guess th that's what you've got there. And then Duckburg is the city surrounding it. And then if you move past Duckburg, you have all of your different places that the adventures happen. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, we actually don't see very much of Duckburg itself. You're right. They leave the city all the time. Yeah. They're they're usually out on some adventure or in the mansion. There are a couple characters that like like oh my god. Are you who are the dog the dogs' names? The I Beagle forgot. Boys? The Beagle Boys. Are they supposed to be the poor people? <laughs> Cause That's we don't ambiguous. see any poor people in this show. We do in the original series. The The discrepancy is huge. And I guess they're trying not to remind the audience of that in the newer one. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I understand that choice. I mean, that's why I was kind of saying earlier, like, 
they just make you feel like there's no wealth inequality. But obviously, you'd have to be in a fictional world for Scrooge to have that much money and to not have poor people bleeding all over the streets like they do in the United States cities. Yeah, I, I mean, I and obviously it's cartoonified and we're walking into that cartoon. So in theory, you know, we can suspend our disbelief a little bit and be like, well, that's just how it is in this specific world. Definitely couldn't be ours. Well, or we uh, just don't see it. Right. You know, I think that the off-screen argument is interesting for our podcast specifically because we have to make a lot of assumptions about yeah. things that are or are not there. I uh, mean, the way th they definitely play this economy like it's a normal United States economy. You know what I mean? It is played like that. We see Scrooge and this other main antagonist, Glomgold, fighting to be the richest duck in the world. Like, they're yeah. going after that total dollar amount. And As if anybody could come close to Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> yeah, not in this world. Um, <laughs> and we don't see them giving a lot of that money away, because if they did, then they probably would not hold those top two spots. Yeah. Uh, Gotta so, win the bet. Rich people yeah, stuff. <laughs> that's a consideration, uh, which maybe isn't the greatest. But we do see Scrooge spending a lot of his money on things that funnel these adventure stories. So he is out there for discovery and he is trying to, I get, I don't know if, just let me ask Lou, does discovery of ancient artifacts and history improve the world to the level it is worth spending your finances on? No. <laughs> I Come think on. we can leave that there. <laughs> That's so off. He doesn't, we, we don't see, literally Gizmo, Gizmo's impact on the world is shown to be far more impactful than anything Scrooge does. Half of the stuff that Scrooge ends up with just ends up in his basement in some store, huge storage shed, or in like a museum that he didn't even decide to make with it until halfway through the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes it's easy to forget, especially here in America, there was a strong period of time where everybody saw the top earning people as the hardest working and the people to aspire to be. And that perception has changed a lot over time. Is that, um, is that really what everybody was thinking or is that I, just something I, they tell us in school? Well, I don't think that it was probably what everybody was thinking, but I do think, you know, we've talked about a lot of media depictions. If you go back and watch a lot of media from that time, you do see it as a theme in a lot of things, not everything. I mean, you sort of saw Back to the Future is the 80s, and it is very much frowned upon seeing the guy who earns a lot of his money in the way that he takes it. Yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. That Like, people are like, oh, Andrew Ford and or Henry Ford and Andrew yes. Carnegie were wonderful people because they stimulated the United States economy. Right. So yeah. it, things changed a little bit. I mean, I think the 80s, maybe we were a little bit past it, but still having a character like Scrooge was, you know, you can still see him as this wealthy billionaire and still see him as a likable character in some way. Um, and I don't, it's possible also that that was never the intention, that we didn't always need one of the main characters of our show to be likable. And maybe we still totally. don't. It just depends oh. on the type of content you're watching. I mean, in 80s cartoons, I don't think anybody in the cast needed to be likable. Yeah, I mean, for... I was watching some like early 2000s American Idol clips recently and just seeing how incredibly mean-spirited that show was in the early 2000s and yeah. how we just consumed reality TV on such a savage level as a people. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that still love reality TV. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I think that it's also changed a lot and had to evolve beco to become a little bit more positive because the audience doesn't respond as well to that kind of uh, behavior on their screen which I think is interesting. Uh, is that true? I, so, I want to believe that's true, but there's 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 a big cynic part of me that's like, I don't know, man. Social media is pretty flippin' vi vile, you know? Like You're right. It, it, so maybe it's just moved over to a different platform. Um, but all that's to say, I don't actually fully know where DuckTales in the 80s sits with any... Like, I'm talking about almost the 40s when it comes to glorifying billionaires. Then I'm talking about like the 2000s when it comes to mean-spirited content. And I, I know the transition had to happen somewhere. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I'm trying to contextualize what made DuckTales fun to people at the time. Maybe it was pure adventure, but the truth is I look back on it and I, I just don't fully... 
Like, I wish I was there to properly be able to explain it. Because I can tell you all about why some of the early 2000s cartoons were great in my eyes. Even if I look back and I'm like, okay, well, that wasn't that high quality. But, I like, here's why I loved it as a kid. It's a little bit yeah. harder for me to tell. I I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty... I feel like my standards are often too high because I like to judge stuff based on like my favorite, the best of the best. Um, and I, I like analyzing it artistically like that. And I mean, truth be told, just most cartoons in the, from the, in the United States from the eighties to the early two thousands just didn't have any plot. You know, yeah. they, they thought that kids had no brains for some reason. Uh, and then, Hey, they grew up to be boomers. So they weren't wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, even a lot of live action shows were formulaic at that time, to be honest. I think that but a lot of, of them had story. Like, think about like Lost. Lost became one of the most popular shows out there because it literally just had a story. That was that was all it needed. <laughs> well, Lost was post 2000, though. It wasn't the 80s. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that they were wrong in the 80s. Sure, it wasn't sure. that people enjoyed it. It's just that, you know, networks weren't giving shows with continuous running plots a chance when people really wanted complex stories and wanted to see characters that they could grow with, you know? And it was especially the case with animation. You know, it was just, oh, throw on whatever cartoons we can for the kids. As long as the cartoons exactly. are on, it doesn't matter what we're showing them, really. Exactly. And, and there was this idea that I think still exists in a lot of, like, how we censor stuff in the United States, that, like, kids don't have any intelligence to... Like, it's like they don't have attention, they don't have attention span, they don't have intelligence, which is just not true. Like, kids have a higher capacity to learn and understand things than adults do. Yeah, you know? P kids can get super into something and want to dive all into the character dynamics just like an adult yeah. could. And they can learn everything about it. Like, oh my god, the amount of, the amount of information that I have backlog in my brain about, like, Godzilla characters is ridiculous. I don't even know how I know all that stuff about Godzilla because I got so into it as a kid. And Star Wars, for that matter, back when I liked Star Wars as a kid. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about all this. Again, you explain how you like content or how you analyze content. I do think about it more anthropologically. I'm really interested in the place and time and why people gravitated to it. Um at a certain point, and I'm sorry for derailing a lot of this uh, conversation to make it about 80s versus DuckTales reboot. Um, but honestly, I just find it interesting. I do too. Well, and I, I mean, the reason I don't do it anthropologically is because so much of that just has to do with like what the networks thought would work and what was mostly there and pushed and advertised for people, you know? Right. Which, you know, they largely could have been wrong and they've learned things over time. Audiences also change with the way of the world. Yeah. Uh, so there's yeah, a lot to it. True. It is interesting. Um, I, again, that 80s version of DuckTales was very much just, oh, formulaic, look at all this cool money that we can use to buy these really cool things. A lot like an old cartoon called Richie Rich that was yeah. just about a rich yeah. kid using his money to do cool things. It was honestly like Richie Rich with ducks. That's actually kind of what it was. Right. And, and now we have a different story. You know, we have three nephews, complex nephews, Huey, yeah. Dewey, and Louie, who, while they look the same, they have different shirts, shirt colors. Yeah. Um, they're all completely different characters. And then we have Webby, who is such a dynamic character, uh, yeah. their cousin, I believe, technically. Uh, and she's like right in there with uh, the most complex stories of all of them. So we we do, you're right, get this family dynamic right away and this feeling that, wow, I care about these ducks. I care about the place that they're inhabiting and I care about the journeys and the adventures that they're going on. And yeah. that gives life to those places. Yeah, and I, I was really emotionally sucked in with their with their way that they're doing their characters. And, you know, I, everybody, you should know, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that you've gathered. I have a little bit of a cynic's perspective on things. So I went into this, like, is this actually going to be good? Can they actually bring back DuckTales to be something that, me with my love of grand storytelling and complex anime like am, am i gonna like this and i really like it i think it's actually very well put together um do i still think it's hella problematic that <laughs> they're just they're kind of you know making a hero out of the richest guy in the world yeah i think that's problematic <laughs> okay and i think that's fair but then you also said narratively i get it so you feel like that's still the right creative choice because they are rebooting a character like that and you, do well, you think this is the best way to do it uh 
Well, here's the thing, right? You are Disney, who's a company who's already fighting allegations of being a rich monster. And you decided to make a cartoon about a rich monster that's just super likable to everybody. You gotta <laughs> play it pretty freaking carefully, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it's the it's the only way that they could have done it. I'm shocked that they even gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah, 2017 believe it or not even feels different than 2023 as we look back on it i mean uh, I, I think they just pulled it off in a way that they really were able to do it without anyone thinking like about you know they weren't thinking about like the south park image of mickey mouse being this like rich tyrant you know what i mean they they really were able to to make it emotionally well toned enough that people weren't sitting there like okay sure but like Scrooge is still the richest duck in the world. It doesn't really matter what you do. You should probably not have a huge vault of gold that's just sitting there collecting dust. You should probably distribute that to people who need it. Sure. And I think you that know? your point that they sort of show us a world where nobody is giving any kind of indication that they need it is the easiest way to get away from having to explain that. Yeah. And that's like kind of messed up, but they do it in a way where you only people like us are going to think about it and talk about it. So it's not coming up, you know, there, there was no like heavy fire because it wasn't brought to anyone's attention. Sure. And I mean, a lot of the time that's what Disney does best. Um, maybe it's been <laughs> harder for them lately. This, this is coming from a man who worked at the parks, everybody. I, I'm, I'm quoting you on that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, it's not a knock either. Like in a way I, I, I think it's interesting what they're doing there. Um, so anyway, so I guess money is a factor here, but all of this is to say, I feel like we could kind of move into this world however we wanted to and not necessarily feel the worries of not having the uh, finances to sustain ourselves. That's kind so of the picture that we're getting. <laughs> I mean, unless you're like living in a junkyard with the Beagle Boys. That's interesting. <laughs> Your idea that, oh, well, these are actually the poor people, but they're depicted to be villains, so you don't think about them that way. Uh, <laughs> that just made it sound even worse. I wasn't even trying to frame it that way. Well, it is kind of what you're saying, though, because they are kind of the antagonists. The Beagle Boys are this group of kind of ragtag criminals that always give Scrooge and the gang a hard time. Um, and they do live in a junkyard, but they're also <laughs> dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no! literally i i'm trying i i was like should i finish this sentence yes it's fine because that is the case um oh no because but here's the thing you have hey, two, yeah, you don't want to be the lower class in any of the worlds we're going to at the end of the day right i guess you have two primary uh animals i guess that you that that are the most commonplace in duckburg and that is ducks and dogs is that uh, true? And I actually, I, I feel silly for having never noticed that. But well, you're right. All... I, I, I can't think of any other creep. That's really bizarre to me. Do they have pets? I don't I guess there's Pluto. Well, not in this world, though. Yeah, I know, I'm just playing. <laughs> and that, yeah, that poses However, a question. Goofy, we do see Goofy in this. Yes, Goofy makes an appearance. We also get uh, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck. Yeah, uh, Dark tailspin was a little silly i don't know if i exact that that one had me asking some canonical questions i won't lie i mean i think that's reasonable um <laughs> and even chip and dale are slightly in it in a very like brief cameo way well, even uh, mickey mouse technically has a cameo he's wilson and did you know that that was the most of a cameo they could possibly get away with mickey because there were too many ip issues with introducing him into their own series that belongs to disney they literally had to parry their parody their own character uh yes they couldn't even use their own character in it because there's so many restrictions about what you're allowed to use mickey for even within the walt disney company well the way that they did it was quite hilarious so i'll let it slide <laughs> i agree um <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, there's also bears, pigs, uh, wolves, technically. They're, they're, believe it or not, there are a pretty decent amount of, like, one-off animals, but... I think there's a couple different Bigfoot, too. <laughs> yeah, we but we mostly see birds and dogs as the most dominant species, I guess, uh, yeah. in terms of just sheer population. And, I yeah, I, I guess that when you think about it that way, 
do you have a thought, an initial thought of like what type of creature you would want to be here? Well, I mean, ducks are clearly the upper class, so uh, <clears throat> they seem like it. I mean, but there are other dogs that we see in the series. Well, the I guess one of the, the sky, one of the dogs is the butler, who's technically. Oh well, no! I won't get into that. <laughs> this only, and he's also a ghost. This is even worse. Well, actually, and we have ghosts that have a distinct presence in the world because we have uh, the Shadow Realm, which is explored by one of the characters that I won't spoil too much on. Well, Jimbo, you've been banished to the Shadow Realm. Yep. Uh, we have McDuck Manor, which has this cool episode. It's some of Scrooge's relative. It's a big mansion, haunted mansion as much as you can picture. Uh, oh, and they have yeah, ghosts within there. One. Um. You don't really get the feeling that being a ghost is all that awesome in this universe, I don't think. No, I mean, no, not really. One of the characters is literally just a butler. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, congratulations. Your afterlife is an infinity of servitude to the upper class. Congratulations. Yeah, maybe there are some slight themes of classism, even in the newer one, uh, but it's subtle. I don't know if they're themes or oversights. Well, to be fair, these are characters that are carried over from the original comics and the original series. Yeah. Um, so, and they change some things, but a lot of the characters are just readapted. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a character named Gizmo Duck, who is yeah. kind of an inventor who does a lot of really cool things. Played really by like Manuel Gizmo. Miranda. Gizmo's really cool. Yep. Uh, I also like uh, Gyro Gear Loose. Oh, actually, maybe he's, well, they're both inventors, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a little bit more cynical. But we, we do get introduced to quite a cast of characters, and I guess most of the ones that have any kind of power <laughs> do seem to kind of be ducks. Um, so, honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. So, can I ask a general question? Yes. Does the idea of being rich in any of these worlds bother you? Or is it quite possible that you would say, yeah, sure, I'd be rich? My gosh. I mean, like... I, I'm definitely under the belief that if you'd say I wouldn't take this egregious hoard of money, you're lying to yourself and everyone around you, right? Like, of course, I and... wouldn't, I would never, like, I would like to believe that if I had that much money, I would, now, having that much money, I do think would suck because I don't want to deal with, like, how complicated it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shareholders and all these different, like, because usually if you're rich, you're getting your money from like a ton of different places. You have like 15 different bank accounts that you're shifting everything through so you don't have to pay taxes. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into being a shady rich person that I wouldn't <laughs> want to deal with, honestly. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, honestly, like I, I it, it's, it, this is what I like to say. When some people say they want to be rich, right? And it's like, do you want like the gift of being rich or do you want to like deal with being rich it's very different you know what i mean like if someone just dropped me a bunch of money and i didn't have to think about it yeah obviously that would be awesome but like would i want to deal with i wouldn't even want to deal with the taxes you know what i mean i really just yeah. want enough money to feel like my life won't be a threat if i have to deal with you know american hospital bills uh yeah i mean i think that that's a good point see i guess for me the issue is being able to walk into a place where you have that kind of wealth is also the best opportunity to make an actual difference wherever you are. Um, it's just at Duckburg, we're not necessarily getting this picture of, oh, there's all these places that you need to make a difference in. You're just getting, there's people who are content and then there's people who have more money. And in that way, it almost seems better to just be one of the content ones yeah, like, I'd rather have a role closer to, like, Donald or um, the guy who crashes all the time. I'm bad with names, everybody. Oh, Launchpad McQuack, another great character who's a pilot. Yeah. That's that's a pretty uh, graceful way of, of, of naming him. He, he's, he at least knows how to fly stuff, but he's not good at landing. True. Uh, okay, well, I think that... All of that is interesting, and I think we can kind of let that simmer as we're considering our final verdict. But do you want to talk through some of the cool places that they visit on the outskirts of Duckburg? Yeah, so there's a mermaid place that I just saw the episode for. That one was pretty interesting. I forgot what it was called, but it's like some weird mermaid place where there are was mermaids. That, 
Was that the Drake Barrier Reef episode? I don't remember. Could be. I mean, we also see Atlantis very early on in the show. Yeah, Atlantis is there too. Were there Atlanteans? I don't remember. Um, I yes, there there were. Uh, okay. Fun fact: um, that entire first episode of Ducktales is about a billionaire taking a couple of children into a submersible on a dangerous mission. Which, if you watch the news in 2023, uh, doesn't wow. hold up anymore. Wow. Wow. Wow, thanks for plugging that one together for me. That's comedy gold. Not that it's yeah. not tragic as hell, too, but, you know. That's why I avoided what could have been some very funny tweets that day. Tragedy and, <laughs> Tragedy and comedy are two sides of the same coin. That's all I'm going to say about that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we've got underwater places. Um, we I talked about Everest. the Shadow Realm. We also have... Oh, yeah, Mount Neverest. Um, yeah. This is basically their version of Everest, which is the tallest and hardest to conquer mountain. It has some portals up top that make it very difficult to find the actual tip and very sure. dangerous. Um, again, very cool to see in an episode. Uh, they also make a lot of fun about like the tourist aspect of Expedition Everest, which I think is yeah, great. I, I thought that was fun. We have like Mount Olympus. There are Greek gods in this. Right, uh, we have, technically, it's the Temple of Heroes, or uh, Ithaquac is the Mount now, Olympus. Equivalent. I want to bring up, if it, I just said that, and a lot of people would think, oh, obviously you'd be the Greek god. Dude, think about Greek gods for a second. Their lives are messed up, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like, in classic Greek mythology, like, I would never want to be a Greek god. They got a bunch of crazy stuff going on. They are always trying to screw each other over, like, never. And these Greek gods are not, like, aggressively classic or anything, but they've definitely got some family beef that I would not want to deal with. Like, true, I'm not choosing the Greek god area, personally. It's true. I mean, I think the underworld also technically exists. Oh, um, I haven't gotten there yet, I don't think. I might be wrong. I was pretty sure that made an appearance in some kind of Greek equivalent uh, okay. capacity. Maybe I didn't um, see that. We have the Temple of Toth-Ra, which is basically- Oh, that one was cool. I know, inside an Egyptian pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, like there's a couple like Egyptian warriors that defend that place too. There's the moon. There's aliens on the moon. Right. Uh there's an entire society there, which is pretty They're very focused on war, it seems, which I would not be very interested in being well, involved with. I, I think that the general population is just a bunch of like dumb people. Which Yeah. Truth be told, I think is usually the case with large societies like that. Most not I'm not I don't mean that even in an offensive way, right? Think about your own life. Do you really care about the goings on of political stuff above your head or do you just want to be healthy and fed? I personally just want to be healthy and fed. I don't care who owns what. That's none of my yeah. business. You know what I mean? Like I just am tending to my own garden and then once my garden's tended enough, maybe I could start caring about rights beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good point. Uh, the uh, city is called Tranquility, uh, that golden wow. city on the moon. So they're very much, uh, is trying to at least call itself this perfect paradise. And, you know, if you watch the episodes, it's not that exactly. Um, not that we bad. Also, we also have, you know, kind of uh, Greek-adjacent, maybe, is Valhalla, the Norse realm, which most people know as being the place with Thor and uh, more of the Norse mythology, right? Um, yeah. And every 10 years, Scrooge McDuck fights for the faith of the earth, fate of the earth there. Oh, um, yeah. I think so that's, that's the Greek place line. I was talking about, wasn't it? Is there another um, one? Yeah, there's also the one with Storkules. Um, oh, you're right. That's the. I thought that was the same place. No, I think that Valhalla and uh, the Greek equivalent, Ithaquac, are different. In fact, they're oh, surely right. different. No, that's right. I forgot. There's, um, there, this, see, this is a pretty complex show, everybody. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of characters and a lot of dynamics. And Her it is. Storkules. Was it Storkules? Yes. That's so dumb. Um, he, he, he even, like, moves in with Donald for an episode or two, and, and that's actually a pretty fun dynamic. Oh, there are harpies. That's true. That are um, just around for reasons. I need to say how much I love Storkules before we get too far off of that. <laughs> My God. One of the most extra characters and so funny. Uh, yeah. We have the Temple of the Golden Cricket, uh, which is an Asian-inspired temple where a cricket emerges every 50 years to sing a song that holds life's greatest mysteries. Oh my God. I found, I remembered another character. We have the Three Caballeros. 
Right, and we meet them at the Conquistador Inn. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is which also is actually terrifying. It is, but maybe one of my favorite locations of the show, honestly. Yeah, fair. It's cool. It, it, it is very cool. There's like this weird plant monster that that has taken it over, um, which is really actually a great like. Uh, I don't want to say villain, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's a great concept. It is, and I love seeing the three caballeros. They play those characters so well in the reboot. Um, yeah, honestly, all of the characters that they bring back from other properties, I think, are played really well. Uh, even Tailspin, though, it raises a lot of questions about the canonical reason they're there. I really <laughs> like how they were played. I agree, but like, literally, what the hell? <laughs> like, are are they sentient? Like, did I, I'm sorry. It, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, there are a lot of questions about the Tailspin character cameo. Sure. Uh, we have the Fairy Realm, which is a miniature golf course where some wild stuff happens, and the fairies are yep. portrayed to be pretty uh, spiteful creatures. Uh, uh, we also... Uh, I, I mentioned Goofy. Technically, there was a genie. That's right. The well. genie that can change the realities of everybody a little bit. And I got to shout out that episode because Donald wished for his life to be like a sitcom for some reason. I don't remember exactly what the wish was, but it ended up where like, there's a laugh track in the episode and they like change the theme song to be like a nineties, you know, sitcom. Yeah. And like the whole style of it and the whole way that they like started having like meta jokes. It was really funny. It was probably the funniest of the episodes. Like I, I remember watching that for the first time, like two weeks ago or something. And just being like, I can't believe they're even tackling this. This is almost like Rick and Morty kind of humor. You know what I mean? And they directly referenced Quack Pack, which is another cartoon from that oh, 90s yeah. era. Uh, oh, I liked that show. I forgot about that. It was fun. They had a great Haunted House episode uh, that did. you and I would watch as a kid. God, I have to find that now. I'm going to remind me to look that up later. I feel like I haven't. That was something I used to love watching for Halloween, and I haven't seen it in years now. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll spit off some more places. We have the Golden Lagoon of the White Agony Plains. Killer name. Jesus. What was uh, that about? The White Agony Plains? Yeah, it has the Golden River where Scrooge and Goldie, another one of our characters, uh, oh, kind of yeah. get lost. Um, that's right. Goldie's a great character. Definitely. And that's like, you know, one of those treasure hunt paradises that you imagine almost being like the inside of uh, the Cave of Wonders in Agrabah. Um, you know, forbidden yeah. treasures, stuff like that. Yeah. I also just remember that they have, there's two other rich mansions. There's the the tech guy who like, I think is supposed to be like a younger Mark Zuckerberg. Is that what they're going for? Oh my gosh. What is his name? I, he's actually a hysterical character. And yes, he's very I, funny. It's a direct reference to Mark Zuckerberg. Man, <laughs> dude, Zuckerberg was not catching a break with that guy. That, that was a, that's a suably offensive depiction of him. Mark Beeks. His name is literally Mark. My God. That's so funny. At least it wasn't Mark Beekersburg or something. Yeah, they could have gone aggressive. Uh, we have Black Heron's Island, which is kind of like a James Bond-esque spy place that they encounter. Oh, that, in that was a way. cool one. I liked that episode, too. Black Heron was a great character. Yep, we have the House of the Lucky Fortune, which is almost like Las Vegas, where our characters enter a gambling game, like, for real. Uh, sort of like entering a video game in a way. Um, Have I seen that we, one yet? Was that season we, three? I feel like that I was actually that. when we were still watching this together over Discord years ago. So you, oh, it's been a that's while since I don't remember it. Right. Um, that one was interesting, but it's also like gross parts of Vegas. It doesn't look that enticing to be a part of. Totally. Um, and, oh yeah, we've got a library of Exandria, which is a huge repository for knowledge, but villains tend to frequent it. Um, that and, sounds awesome. Yes, uh, very cool. And we mentioned uh, Darkwing Duck's Town, which is St. Canard, the equivalent of Gotham from Batman. Yes. So anyway, I talked about a bunch of these places, but there's one common theme that I get from literally all of them. Wildly cool concept. Amazing to watch. You know, and also horribly unsafe. There's a villain or an obstacle or something that could kill you. Some kind of a threat at every single one of them without fail. Yeah. Yeah, issue, I guess that's right? true. There there are lots. 
Well, I mean, part of that is because they're out to get Scrooge specifically a lot of the time, though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, if we're, if we're drawing it in contrast to the Pokemon world, the Pokemon world is just, if not more diverse, with locations and mystery and intrigue. But... Well, I guess legendary Pokemon still attack you. That's still a threat. If you don't walk in, like, with some yoked Pokemon on your side, you're still gonna get, you know, blasted into out outside of space and time by Dialga and Palkia, right? True. Uh, can I give another comparison that I think maybe is a stretch, but I'm curious what you think. Yeah. Uh, is actually Trollberg from Hilda. And I can the reason... The reason I say so is because Trollberg, we're seeing all these mysterious mythical creatures everywhere. But in DuckTales, we're kind of seeing a bunch of mysterious locations where they kind of come to life and they're their own thing. And Hilda, it still had threats, but I think it wasn't as much of a guarantee that it was a threat. Like there were a lot of creatures that were unassuming and perfectly nice. Whereas here, if you go to one of these places, which you can probably only get to with money, by the way. Uh, you are definitely going to be in some imminent danger in your quest for discovery. Some people might like that, though. I, I do think Hilda's a good uh, a good comparison, partially because we're both still living there, right? Yes, so I think the idea of moving from Trollberg to Duckburg, both Bergs, um, <laughs> it is uh, an interesting place to start. Well, uh, let's say the, the general Duck duck world donald universe i guess calisota um, well calisota is just the state though yeah i guess that's true i calling it just going with uh duckburg and the surrounding areas is fine well but like atlantis is not a surrounding area they're going on a, like a journey you know you're right uh we're i doubt the it's world. well it could be right underneath you know whatever works for the show <laughs> well I mean, <laughs> there's no reason though <laughs> they wouldn't it's more convenient yeah, for us than them. <laughs> they can fly anywhere. They have the money to do it. Yeah. Ah, there's another thing that we can't do, actually, because we don't we don't actually have unless unless we are literally okay. So to make another comparison, there's two comparisons I wanted to make before I get into that one. The first one is the animation, right? One of the yeah. reasons why I love the Hilda world so much is because its animation and its tone is so like I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like a hot cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. by a fireplace it's just so pleasant you know what i mean yeah and ducktales i'm not trying to say the animation is bad because i don't think it's bad um i don't think it's like some of the best out there or anything but i don't think it's bad it's just a lot more on the lines of like edgy sugar high kid you know mm-hmm. than it is like a soft mellow place and i'm getting older <laughs> okay i can understand that so DuckTales is maybe somewhere you want to go, or Duckburg, for a high-octane adventure, assuming that you even drop yourself in as a person who could be exploring in that way. Which, let me just put it out there. If I was moving there, I think that I would want to try to be part of the McDuck family. Because that just sounds like the most fun. You would actually want to be part of the top 1%, you terrible person. No, I know know we (laughs) talked about that earlier. (laughs) It's, It's less about the money and more about it feels like the best opportunity to actually explore this world to its fullest. And I'm worried if I didn't do something like that, I would just be a regular citizen like I am now. I would need to go somewhere that I felt like I could actually embrace the world for what it is. God, I feel like people are going to think I'm capping for saying this, but when I really think about it, most of the characters that I think have the most interesting stuff actually actively going on are all villains. Okay, I mean, that's all right. Because the first thing I thought is, you know what I'd like to be? I'd like to be a character that sneaks into uh, Scrooge's staff and, like, makes him pay a bunch more money to the Commonwealth. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's, like, kind of what one of the villain characters would try to do. So, I mean, you could be a Robin Hood type. Ooh. I feel like that works. I feel like you could have a Robin Hood kind of character. It'd sure, be like, you could be a fox. be like a, a combination of Gizmo Duck and uh, Darkwing Duck, but also throw in a little... Uh, is there another character in there that actually like cares about poor people? There's nobody that cares about poor people in the show. I'm I'm finding that out the more we talk about it. <laughs> Again, it's not a theme, really. Maybe the guy in the sky. You know the the villain, the musical guy. Oh, now I'm. Not... <laughs> you know the the, <laughs> sure the pilot. There's that no the mu- the musical. Oh oh from Tailspin, Don Carnage. No, oh, is he from Tailspin? I didn't even know yeah. that. 
yeah, yeah sure. The, he's a sky pirate. Yeah, he's a yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd be like a mixture of one of the sky pirates and like Darkwing and Gizmo or something like that. Actually, I right. really like the sky pirates. I just wish that they weren't serving that dude with his monstrous ego. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you'd be a little bit of an anti-hero in a world like this. I think it'd be very fun uh, knowing that I could be a sky pirate or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I think piracy is probably that that fits the bill for me. All right, so you think being a sky pirate is where you would most likely fit into this world? See, I also like, I like magic in being, like, involved with magic. Like, magic is super evil. So I wouldn't want to be, like, involved with what she's up to the way that yeah. I would. Like, this. at least the sky pirates are more about their song and dance than they are, like, you know, anything actively bad going on. They're not right, really, they're not that hard of villains. You're speaking of Magicka Dispel, uh, who's also an original, awesome comic book character from those God, early they, DuckTales comics. These names are not hitting for me. <laughs> Magicka Dispel? Are you crazy? You can be on the right side of magic, though. You could be like a Lena type. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, we don't really see anyone. Lena kind of gets into magic. I guess she is magical. We can't, we can't really talk too much about Lena. Yeah. Um, Lena's another great character that I really enjoy, though. Yeah, I bet that you'd be friends with Lena in the show. I would totally be friends with Lena. But, like, I don't know. There, If I was at all, like, I feel like the Duck Mansion people would just kick me out. Because if I ever saw Scrooge, it'd be like, so, still hanging on to all that money? <laughs> you piece of crap. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You would be I, such a thorn in their side. I, I could not interact with somebody that rich in any other way. I, I don't think it's in me. I think I'd have to sit there and be like... Even people who are, like, friends of mine that are just slightly upper class, I'm like, so, you still a wealth-hoarding piece of shit? <laughs> They're like, why are you like this? Like, I don't know. Can't help why myself. You, why are you like that? Uh, <laughs> How can I, you so... watch people starving in the street and still think it makes sense to buy a Tesla? I don't know. Let me ask, <laughs> before we get too carried away here, um... Would you live here? Like, despite everything that you've said, before we answer whether you would move, would you live here? Um, I'm going to say a hard maybe. I know that we've gone with the definitive yes or no for every episode so far, but, like, it, it's... <sighs> it, it's very much like our world, but slightly more fantasy. There doesn't seem to be a lot of chance of you actually doing anything cool if you're not directly associated with the McDuck people. You know, like, if, if you're in the Greeks, you stay with them. If you're, you know, a, a, a alien person, you're going to stay with the alien people. Like, the only people who really we see travel that much... Oh, okay, wait. Okay, no, maybe, just maybe, I'd be a three-caballero. I'd replace Donald and get them famous. <laughs> okay that would be hella fun actually that would be that would be sick because they need three donald's out of commission the other two still want to do stuff though yeah they still, they still, yeah they still want to go on tour so i'm i'm kind of here to say yo let's go on tour and uh maybe we can write some songs publicly slandering scrooge mcduck <laughs> <laughs> all right hey i think that's a fun answer is is it still a maybe though? Or are you still gonna go with an on the fence? Um, you know, I would actually look if I can actually commit to, to to being in their band and being like, hey, you know, maybe I practice magic on the side like Led Zeppelin. Like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. Okay. Um. All right. I'm also conflicted about this one a little bit on the fence, uh, and I'm assuming that because you're on the fence, you would not leave Trollberg. By the way, not nah, Trollberg is just too cool, man. Every time I think about it, it, it I, and. You know, sometimes in our show, I've thought about like, oh, would I like to go back to this or that world that we've talked about? Like maybe every once in a while I got lost in the sauce with the conversation. But man, Troll Trollberg in the Hilda world just seems so awesome. And people are just nice. And I really like nice people, you know? Yeah, yeah I, so think I, I think that's going to be hard. I think that would be, it's going to be tough to get me out of there. But I'm excited to find a world that could do it. But it's not, it's not this one. Sure. Uh. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm actually leaning no here. Yeah. Uh, as far as, I mean, I don't want to leave Trollberg, obviously, but I think don't even think I'd live here in the first place. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, I think my reasoning is, like you said, 
the only way you get to really see the most of it is by being part of the McDuck group, whether you're entering as somebody who makes friends with them or whatever. And if that happens and you actually get to see the world, it seems inevitable that you're going to be in peril, that your life is going to be at risk. Yeah. Um, Again, still a risk at Hilda, but you could avoid that. Like, you, you know, if you're just trying to catalog the world's creatures, you don't necessarily have to be involved with the group that's getting into trouble to do that. Uh, well, I feel like the three Caballeros could, tr- they're going to travel. They're not going to be able to see things like Atlantis, right? They're going to do like normal world traveling, which is more than I can do here. I don't got the money for that. Um, sure. But, I you guess, know, you could, you could be moderately safe, minus that one incident. <laughs> you know, you might be able to have fun as a tourist here. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like if, if you're in a position like that, I, I wouldn't want to be like Gizmo, because Gizmo's got his whole deal with feeling like, you know, responsible for the people of Duckburg. And, and I, I can't live with that kind of guilt. <laughs> okay. Here's what I think I would do. Similar to my idea for Trollberg, where I would make want to make a Journal 3 from Gravity Falls, but in Trollberg, I think yeah. I would want to do the same thing here at Duckburg, where I would want to kind of create almost an atlas of all of the interesting places in Duckburg as like a researcher or a historian. Um, yeah. And I would try to more approach things without getting directly involved. So maybe I would not be part of the McDucks to do that. And that actually sounds really appealing to me. Um, yeah. Now, you know, we can talk. I could talk about the mysteries and things. I may not be able to be integrally involved. I don't think it's all that different from something that I could just do here. There's still plenty of places I want to see yeah. uh, here. So I'm still on the fence. Maybe I do lean yes just a little bit. Um so if anybody's keeping score at home, I guess I'll say, yeah. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Like for me, there are very few positions that we see in the show that I'd actually like to fill. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if we just, I mean, you could always just make up an identity and be like, oh, well, I'll be a somewhat rich guy who travels Duckburg. But if we're actually talking about like things we see in the show, we don't even really see many, many tourists or travelers or anything. Yeah. Um. I think being in the three Cavalier, mostly because the other two Cavalier characters seem really fun. And I think we yeah. just have a good time and I'm here for good times. That would be good. Um, and yeah, I all, for the record, I think I would be a duck or a bird of some kind. Yeah, I guess, I guess I could be a bird and I don't have to be a duck because they've got a parrot and uh what's the red one? What kind of bird is he? Oh, Panchito? Is he like a, uh, is he a loon or like uh, a heron? It's a good question. I haven't thought about it, and I don't know the answer. Uh, I could probably find out really fast if you filibuster. Yeah, I- I'm just thinking about what wor- what bird I might want to be. You could be a penguin, probably. I, I thought about that. Um, by the way, Panchito's a rooster. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. I'm so silly. I should have known that. <laughs> uh, I think I'd like to be a parrot. Parrots are pretty. Or a I hawk. Like... I'm going for the sexy route. True. Like, hawks are the sexiest bird. Don't clip that out of context, please. <laughs> I will. I feel like... <laughs> I, a penguin may not feel right to me in this place. Uh, it just, I don't know. I can't almost fully picture it. Uh, oh man. It, but it, I, I feel like it'd be boring as a duck, maybe a raven. I think it could be fun to be a raven in this world because you could be a little bit mysterious. Actually, no. and Poe type. No, I need to be uh, a nerdier bird. Probably a heron. I feel like a heron could be nerdy enough to be uh, the the historical artifact. No, herons aren't nerdy. They're like the most graceful bird out there. They stand on one leg perfectly still in the water all the time. Oh, that's true. Okay, what's the nerdiest bird? Tell me and then we'll go out on that. Nerdiest bird. What is the nerdiest bird? Uh, A woodpecker. Ooh, I feel like woodpeckers are just loud. Nah, woodpeckers are nerdy. A woodpecker seems like, well... I don't know. It depends on how you define nerdy. I if think we're, if we're thinking woodpecker. in a more derogatory way. Yeah, that's like a nerdy character. They're like goofy and... Well, I guess Ludwig von Drake is a duck and he's like the known scientist. So ducks could point. be nerdy. Uh, there, there are, are nerd some ducks. nerdy ducks. Okay, man. I guess I'm going to be... Uh, no, that's boring. I must make a decision. Uh, uh, I'm just going to Google interesting birds, and the first thing that comes to mind is going to... Uh, I'm going to look up nerdy point. birds and see what happens. All right, yeah, <laughs> we might both get different answers here. Um, nerdy birds. Ooh, being a puffin could be cool. I can see myself as a puffin. Wow, you just went, like, one genetic code away from a penguin. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly right. Oh, a pelican. <laughs> I love pelicans. Okay, I could, I could say pelican works. And I could be like a seafaring pelican who's uh, exploring the world. Yeah, that's it. I'm a pelican, everybody. 
Squawk, squawk. Wait, I didn't get an answer, though. I wanted to see what the nerdiest bird was. This was not very easy to find. Apparently, there are a lot of brands named Nerdbird. And All there right. are a lot of bird nerds that like studying birds. That's fair. I've officially given up hope on making this podcast under an hour. <laughs> I really... All right, all right, all right. What did we get? What did we get? The Canadian loon! All right, I'm a Canadian loon or a pelican. Everybody vote wherever you uh, leave comments for this podcast. You can do it in the Discord, uh, or if you want to leave an iTunes review that includes it. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, in two weeks, oh, man, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, actually, I'm going to say that the jury is out, and the reason is I want to release a bonus episode soon that's going to give people some context about what we're thinking about, how we want to select worlds for the future, and you may just be able to be a part of that. So stay tuned. Um, and cool. I guess we will see you all in two weeks for whatever comes next. Peace. Uh, what, what is our audience called? Peace. Uh, Sub uh, Voyagers. Peace Voy Voyagers. I like Voyagers. Yeah, Peace Voyagers. I like that too. Bye, Bye everyone.